This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dive Bomb Squadcast. We hope everybody is doing well as we're starting to hopefully see the light at the end of the coronavirus tunnel. Uh, today, I am joined by a friend of Dive Bomb, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Devlin Hodges. Devlin, how you doing, man? What's up, man? I'm I'm doing well. Doing well. Just you know, kind of like you said, waiting for this uh, whole coronavirus stuff to to be done and kind of life to get back get back to normal. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a weird time. No doubt, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking your time. Uh, you know, to join me today, and we've had a little back and forth today, but but we got on the same schedule, and and we're rolling now, man. Um, so I know that like like OTAs and mini camps and, and that stuff has been been knocked off track, but if, if everything stays the course, uh training camp will be cranking up by what, like middle to end of July. So I imagine you're you're right in the thick of your off season workouts. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, still working out, still training back at home. And then uh last week we started like the Zoom online uh you know meetings team meetings position meetings and um yeah it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely weird doing all these meetings online it's it's different um but i mean we're making the most of it doing what we can and then uh you know should yeah you know if everything goes right should be able to get back in time for training camp and in the july and uh you know hopefully hopefully things will be back to normal somewhat but uh Man, it was honestly, there's just no telling. You know, you hear all these different things about how right. there could be no football and there could be, uh, you know, football with no fans. And, you know, honestly, like, they, they try to tell us, the coaches try to tell us what, you know, what they're hearing, but nobody knows. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Definitely, man. Now, can you can you briefly explain what your – what your day-to-day schedule is like this time of year, you know, just getting your mind and, and your body prepared for an upcoming season. Yeah. So, you know, I wake up and we only, we only do like two hours of online of the online meeting. So I spend you know my, my morning doing that. And then um, from basically in the afternoon, I, so I throw, I throw right now only three days a week usually try to go like monday wednesday and then either thursday or friday um because it's it's still a long way till till the season so uh you know just keeping my arm in shape and then uh the biggest part is just you know being conditioned uh you know now's a now's a great time and in the time to start like really picking up pick up on my conditioning um hitting the weights but mainly just being conditioned, you know, running a lot because uh, there's a lot of a lot of gyms are shut down. So like sometimes getting my hands right. on weights can be difficult. So uh, that's what the coaches talk about is just you know get out there and run and be at the best. You know, get get to the best condition, best physical shape you can get. Right. You know, um, for a dude that that enjoys waterfowl hunting as much as you do, I've got to say that you you picked the wrong sport, man. <laughs> man, I, I I did, I did, but you know, also also I didn't, man. I, I I love football. I've been I've been playing football since I was five years old, and uh, I shoot, I didn't start duck hunting until I was nine. And okay. um, you know, so f- football, 
football is definitely definitely something that I've always wanted. You know, playing the NFL is definitely something I've always dreamed about as a kid. And you know, it's it it, it does suck. You know, this at times like this this year was the first year that um, I had to do any football after like December first. So right. So you know, basically the whole month of December, I didn't get the duck hunt. And I didn't go to my, I didn't I didn't get to go to my duck camp in Arkansas and man it, it it definitely at times man it it, <laughs> it ate me up you know people out there you know shooting ducks and you know people tell me like oh man you know you're not missing anything we're not killing and it's just like man it's like you just you just don't get it and I just I just right. like going but uh, <laughs> at the same time dude I mean how how many people can say that they're playing you know NFL That's quarterback right. That's so right. it's it's a it's a, it's a win win situation <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, football is sounds like your first love. You know, you would think you you would think with baseball and waterfowl seasons being directly opposite, there would be a ton of baseball players that are also like hardcore waterfowl hunters, just because of the ability to be able to hunt as much as you want. But honestly, that's just not the case. Like, I met a few over my ten years of playing, but I mean, they were very very few and far between. Like the guys that I did meet who were waterfowlers are no doubt like some of my closest friends from playing yeah yeah and you know i've met guys that uh, i've met guys that that they hunt they've been they've been duck hunting but but they're not duck hunters they're not duck hunters (laughs) you know they're that's right they're not you know i I definitely think i i would put myself out there in the nfl as as the ultimate duck hunter uh right you know i'm i still hunt public land i still you know, I, I've had a lot of invites to not hunt public land, but you know, I still, I still just enjoy the aspect of, about it, man. of chasing so them. And, yeah. when it comes together. There's it nothing is. like it. It is. There's nothing like it, man. It's a, it's a sickness. It really is. So you have the nickname Duck, and I assume <laughs> you acquired that for obvious reasons. But can you tell me um, the background on that and how that got started? Yeah. So it. It got started my freshman year of college, or I guess actually my retro freshman year. So my second year of college, like I was competing for a starting job, like with this senior quarterback. And I was like, it was during like the fall camp and I, I was like balling out. I was doing like super well. Like I would say that most of the guys on the team was like, yeah, like he's, he's going to be a starter. And like my coach, my coach called, calls me duck. And he he told me when he started calling me that he used to coach a quarterback that he called Duck, and that that quarterback was the best quarterback he had ever coached. <laughs> and so he had to start calling me that because I was better than him. Now he tells people that he calls me Duck because he couldn't say my name, Devlin, which I guess is just super hard. So I don't I don't know which one <laughs> it is, but so he he started doing that, and then a couple guys on the team like during that fall uh, training camp. Like when I was balling out, they were like, "Oh, it's duck season! It's duck season! Like it's ducks time! It's duck season!" So that's just that's the background. <laughs> like that's that's how it started. And it was at first, it was one of those deals. Like, man, like I'm I'm a quarterback. I don't I don't want to be called duck. Like that's terrible. That's that's the right. worst nickname a quarterback can have. But man, it's 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 really grown on me. And uh, you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely helped in some things. And and man, awesome. this year, dude. Gosh, the the people of Pittsburgh, I mean, they absolutely ate it up. So. <laughs> I love it, man. So let's um let's take it back a few years. So 
I, I had to do some research on you. And you grew up in Kimberly, Alabama, which is a far cry from duck country. So how yeah. in the world did I get a dude from Kimberly, Alabama, become so obsessed with chasing waterfowl? Man, so, I mean, we... We, there, there's a little spot, the duck hunt up on the Tennessee River, like about an hour north of where I grew up. And it, it's not, you know, I've had some decent hunts there. I mean, nothing, you know, obviously nothing like Arkansas, but like at the time growing up, like we didn't know any better, but kind of how we started duck hunting is, man, our, our, our family tradition up until I was nine years old was like Thanksgiving week, like we would leave Thanksgiving meal that afternoon and we go to the deer club and my dad had a buddy. He's like, man, y'all, y'all, y'all should, uh, y'all, man, y'all should try duck hunting. Just try it. Let's try it. So my granddad, he, he bought like a new, he bought a little, I think it was a grizzly John boat, uh, you know, 25 mercury. And man, we went up there to Tennessee river. I mean, not really knowing anything. I didn't even have a gun. Like I think the first two years I duck hunted, I didn't even take a gun. And I remember, like, when I was, at the time, like, we saw a pretty good amount of birds for that area. And I think we killed one mallard and thought it was, like, the greatest thing ever. And, um, man, that's just kind of how we started. The next summer, we went to DU Banquet, and they had a duck calling contest. And I, I had been blowing a duck call for a little bit. And, man, I got this duck call out of a goodie bag. It was a Buck Gardner duck call. And... I entered the contest. There was like 20 other kids and I won it. And man, I just, I, that's how I fell in love with duck calling the contest, like duck hunting. And then I took a trip to Arkansas, killed my first duck. Now it was on a guided hunt, but I mean, I was like, I think I was 11 at the time. And, uh, then we met some people, got into a little cabin and man, it's just, it's just took off from there. It was just over with ever since. Huh? Absolutely. That's awesome. That's a great story, man. How, you know, how you kind of got going. I, I was kind of the same way. I was a little bit younger, but my dad, he, he was a big hunter. And then, you know, he, he got married and had kids and everything just slowed down. And then, you know, my brother kid was going to take him from school. And of course, little brother Asher just had to go. And I ended up being the most obsessed of all of them. And it just, never change so it's it's kind of funny i you said you killed a mallard and you thought it was the greatest thing in the world we had this little lease where we used to shoot all these scrap ducks ruddy ducks and scop and mcgansers and shit and um i remember we came across a mallard now it was just like the holy grail of waterfowling man it was, just, <laughs> it was incredible so yeah that's that's really cool so moving forward you were a your four-year starter at samford and broke you broke Steve McNair's FCS all-time passing record your senior year in 18 with 14,584 yards. I mean, that's that's a hell of an accomplishment. Were, <laughs> were you one of those guys that was kind of a late developer or overlooked by some of the bigger schools? You know, being from Alabama, did you have a desire to play for, you know, one of the state's powerhouses in Tuscaloosa or Auburn? Man, like, you know, I grew up – I grew up an Alabama fan, and it was kind of one of those deals when I started – started getting recruited like I didn't really care to you know be like an Alabama fan like I was and and man it's so it's funny like I think I had about 20 offers and Sanford was my smallest like out I was committed to Southern Miss for a while 
and I had I had all those teams like Southern Miss, Arkansas State, um, Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Monroe. Like I had a bunch of other schools that, or those mid, I guess what they called mid major schools. Um, I had a bunch of them offer me, and man, I just I just chose. I, well, I'll tell you why I didn't choose Arkansas State because I knew that I wouldn't focus on football. I'd I'd, I'd be duck hunting, and but that's why <laughs> that's why I didn't go there. <laughs> And, um, man, I, I just, I chose Sanford because it was, it was just a, it was just a place that, I you know, felt like I could play early and play often. And, um, right. they, they had just won a conference championship. So you now I felt like I could win some games there. I mean, and w- when I went there, man, I, I knew nothing about, you know, Steve McNair's record. I knew nothing about the, you know, the Walter Payton Award, which I won, which is at the Heisman, the FCS. Like, I knew nothing about all that stuff. I just, I just want to go play football. And I, I, I honestly, like, looking back now, like, like I, I, like I knew I was good in high school and I, you know, I had these offers, but I didn't, I guess it wasn't until like the first year, not my freshman year, but my retro freshman year is like when I was like, Damn, I'm like I'm actually like really good. I feel like you know I I I can I can really do this and you know I I'd always my whole life you know worked hard and stuff. But it just kind of it just seemed like when I got at Sanford, that's when everything kind of just like started re- like really clicking in my head. That's awesome, man. I you know I get it. Like the opportunity to come right in and play is is so invaluable. Like I had the opportunity to walk on at Arkansas, which is a you know, they're a baseball powerhouse, but yeah. I wanted to play, man. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I had a lot of offers like that. I ended up going to Arkansas Little Rock. I was a weekend starter my freshman year. I grew a little bit, got stronger, threw harder, and, you know, it all ended up working out. You know, I like, I like to tell younger athletes, like, yeah, it's awesome. If, if you're one of those guys physically ready to go to a big Division one school, but, uh, you know, but that's great. But if you still need some developing, like, Go somewhere where you can play, work your ass off, and, and let good things happen, man. The, the NFL and Major League Baseball is littered with guys from smaller schools. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's know, what I'm saying. Like, younger guys that may be listening, like, don't think it's the end of the journey if you don't sign with your dream school, man. Go somewhere that they want you, they value you, and go in there and make your own future. You know, dude. I mean, absolutely. I I, I know, man. I think I could be wrong, but I think like thirty. I think somewhere between 30 and 40% of the NFL are like small school undrafted yeah. guys. Like that's when you think about it, I mean, that's almost half like that. That's a, you know, for that's the NFL, lot, that's a man. lot. That's a lot, dude. Major league baseball is the same way, dude. I p- played with guys that were absolute studs and you'd ask, you, Hey man, where'd you go to school? You think you say LSU or Cal state full or 10 or, Oh, I went to uh, Western Oklahoma Community College, and you're like, yeah, I mean, schools what? that you never you know, heard of, <laughs> just stud, got that one 100 miles an hour. You know, it's crazy. So, so you were your son as an undrafted free agent by the Steelers. So, uh, obviously, you knew you were on the radar to continue your career in the NFL with the college career that you had and the way that you capped off your senior year. Was was there any surprise there getting signed by the Steelers? Um, man, so like. After I broke the record and like won the Walter Payton Award and all that, like you know, to me, so to me it was like okay, like I got it you know, from what my agent was saying. You know, there's a chance I get drafted, but you know, definitely, definitely get signed as a free agent. And man, like on draft day, neither one of that happened. Like I, I made the Steelers, you know, from a trial. Like they, 
the Steelers did call me on the draft day after the draft was over and was like, hey, um, you know, we want you to come up here for a rookie mini camp and we want you to, uh, uh, you know, come up here and, and basically come here on a trial. So I went there for the weekend and like that's that's how I made the team. And it was just, man, it, it was just looking back now, like looking back now, like, man, I, you know, obviously I would love to get drafted, but like I think it definitely fits like who I am. Um making it the way I did and just, you know, definitely just shows all the hard work and just, you know, kind of had to prove myself. Right. So, so big Ben, he goes down in September, you're promoted Mm -hmm. to the active roster. So that I would assume that's similar to like getting a call up to the big leagues. Like, can you tell me what that conversation was like? Yeah. So man, it, it was, it was, it was honestly like a, pretty simple conversation because I, like I said, I'd been there, I'd been there all through camp. So, I mean, they, they knew, they knew like I had what it takes. Like, um, you know, when, when Tomlin brought me back, when they brought me back to the practice squad, cause you know, I'd got cut week one and I was at home for a week and then they brought me back to the practice squad for a week. But then Tomlin told me when I got back, he's like, man, he's like, I knew, like, I know, I knew you had what it takes takes to play you know i know you have what it takes to play in the nfl we just we we couldn't just at the time it was josh dobbs he's like we couldn't just cut him like he you know we could use him for a trade and they traded him and then he he told me he's like man when you left the room he's like i don't know if that guy will ever get the opportunity because i mean man that's that's what it's about it's just about you know getting that opportunity because i mean there's a lot of guys on the streets that that could play in the nfl it's just kind of almost like you just gotta get lucky about you know getting your chance, but uh, that when they when they saw me when they brought me up to the active roster, it was just like they called me in. I was like, hey, we gotta bring you up. You you gotta be ready to play in case Mason goes down. And man, so who made that it. phone call? Was that like the GM? Was that Tomlin? Who was that? Uh, it man, it was it was just one of the scouts. So like, hey, okay. Uh, I mean, it was kind of known thing. Like it, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't nothing special, you know. Right. I mean, it, it, they I knew from it was there, a significant from, injury to to Ben, so they knew that a move was yeah. going to have to be made. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing right. special from there, and like you know, obviously for me, that's it's a pretty big sure. pay raise. So I was yeah, like, I was exactly. pretty hype. Definitely. So real quick, uh, Big Ben, cool dude or no? Oh, dude. I mean, definitely, definitely Great cool guy. dude. Um, Mike Tomlin, too. good coach. Good to play yes. for, fun to play yes, for. Yes, I, I love playing for him. Awesome. Okay. So, October 6th, Mason Rudolph goes down. You make your NFL debut. You go 7-9, 68 yards. You carry it for 20. You guys fall 23-26 to 26 in overtime. But what was that like getting under center in the NFL for the first time? Man, it's like – it's still it's still hard to put a put a put a like a word to describe it. I mean, it was just I mean a dream come true. Like, and I mean, what's crazy is like I never like I I knew I knew I knew that like I had the ability and I knew like it would happen at some point. But like the way it happened and like the fact it happened so quick, right. man, to this day still blows my mind. But man, it, it was dude, it was awesome. I mean. I can imagine it's, that was pretty special, dude. Like, 
it's so surreal, you know, you, Dude, I'm yeah. sure you, you yes. look up, you, you're, you're living, you feel normal. You're not overwhelmed. You're, you feel like you belong there, but at the same time in your mind, you're saying, you like look around, you say, dude, I'm in the fucking NFL. Like dude, I'm playing in the NFL right now. Dude, I caught myself doing that so many times <laughs> this year. Like I think I think the coolest part yeah, like you're jogging out of the tunnel, you're saying, dude, this ain't this ain't Sanford anymore. This oh, ain't I know. this isn't Kimberly, Alabama. This is the high dude, field. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll never forget like when, when we were playing the Browns, it was like late in the fourth quarter and like we were beating them and like we pretty much were like had the game on the wrap. And like we were out in the huddle and they had a TV timeout. So I'm kind of like 20 yards away from the huddle, just like listening for a play call, waiting for the TV timeout. And man, dude, the the, the freaking Highness Field starts chanting, duck, duck. And I'm just looking <laughs> around like, dude, like, are you kidding me? Like, this is like, <laughs> like, this is like, I mean, people, people like literally dream about this. And it was just, it was crazy, man. It was, it was awesome. That's too cool. The whole, the whole deal, the whole story. That's awesome. So a week later, you won your first NFL start in Los Angeles against the Chargers. So mm-hmm. I know that was – I mean, I know that had to be an insanely proud moment. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, first start in NFL, you know, in in L.A. on the road, uh, you know, got the win. And then, I mean, what even makes it better is, like, we had a bye week the next week. So, like, I, I just coming off a win, I, I get to go duck hunting in Canada for the first time. So, I mean, dude, it, that might have been. you can't beat that, man. That's like that, the highlight I, of. I've told people that's like, that might be the greatest 10 days I've had since I've been alive. Oh, man, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm sitting here. Um, I'm in my office and I'm, I've got a ball in front of me. I got a case of balls and one of them's it's first major league win, June 24th, 2016. Did you. Take, keep anything from that? Like, did you a, a oh, ball, yeah, dude, or, got, or do you have anything? Like, oh yeah, that you kept I got. That? So I got, I got like the real game ball that they gave me, and then I got, I forgot, I forgot whoever does Monday, uh, whoever does Sunday night football. I don't know if it's NBC, but they, they, they got some ball that they gave to me. So I got, I got two, I got two footballs from that game. Badass, dude. That's awesome. So. <clears throat> You guys ended up falling short of the playoffs, eight and eight, but a hell of a run for you to come up, step up for the Steelers organization the way you did. Obviously, Big Ben's going to start the season under center, but being 38 years old, coming off a major elbow injury, I don't think it's realistic to think he's going to play 16 games. So what is the outlook for you this season? What, What are you hearing? Man, I mean, I just, I just, I'll be honest. I know how it goes. Like the fact that I was undrafted and and everything. I mean, I'm, I, I would assume, and and this is how I'm going to look at it, anyways. You know, I'm I'm back at the bottom, and you know, I got to go out there and earn a spot and, and work my way back up. Um, and it's there's just, and you you know how it is because you played the you played baseball, professional baseball. I mean, dude. You, you never know what's going to happen, man. It, right. It's a business, you know. I, they could, they could call me today and say, "Hey, you know, you're traded, you're 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 cut, you're gone." Right. So, man, I just take it one it's day at a time. Definitely a business, man. I think a lot dude, of people don't realize, dude, they don't how much of a business it really is. And 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 the thing is, like, you're you're not going to know it unless you're in it. So, right. And they don't people. I, I think one thing, like a lot of my friends and people, they don't realize it's like. Does the organization like you, but do they really care about you as a person? No, not really. Everybody's got 
everybody's got a, a motive in this game, wherever they're at, whether they're the brass of the organization, whether they're a coach, whether they're a player. And it's a very much looking out for myself in, in professional sports. And that's just the way it works. It's a business mm-hmm. and um, shitty stuff happens to, to good players that people that don't, uh, that didn't get a shot that deserved one is like you said, man, there's people that walking in the streets that do, they could probably go out and ball out, but it was just getting the opportunity. And like you said, you were undrafted um, in baseball. We, we've got guys that we call bonus babies and then you got like grinders and, and you know, the, the people that were, you know, it's the way it is people that are drafted high and, and were paid a lot of money. They're going to get every single opportunity to fail simply yeah. because the organization has to justify that mm-hmm. pick and giving them that much money. But a guy that's maybe a senior sign, a high round guy, and I'm talking more baseball, but I, I know there's the similar overlap where they say, man, like, Dude, there's guys I play with that were senior signs that were studs, but they were like, ah, he's just he's too old for this level. He's too old for for high A or he's too old for double A. And they let him go. And I'm thinking, dude, that guy, he would have been the ace of that staff. Like, if you put that guy in the big leagues, I guarantee you he could fill a spot in a fourth or fifth rotation. And then the guy ended up mm-hmm. not making it past double A because of some somebody didn't like some sort of characteristic he had. So I get it, man. I think that's the right attitude to say, you know what, like last year was awesome, but I'm going to work my ass off and control the controllables. I'm going to do everything I can to control what I can control. But at the end of the day, it is a business. And sometimes shit happens that uh, is not necessarily right or necessarily we don't agree with, but, but that's life. So you say, you know what, I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to control what I can control and everything that's out of my hands. We're just, you know, we'll, we'll, We'll figure all that shit out later. So, exactly. Um, I think you got the, you definitely got the right idea and the right mindset to just go back in there and kick ass. And, you know, obviously you've proven you can play in the NFL and uh, you can step up whenever they need you. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously you're going to have to keep working, keep grinding, and just keep proving yourself. So, um, that's awesome, dude. That's, that's really cool. Your whole story is, you know, I was reading, I was kind of learning a little bit about you. Your whole story is, it's really cool, man. It's just, you love to see guys that that have things fall together like that, that had to freaking earn every ounce of it. I mean, there's guys that, young guys I played with that were just badasses their whole life, first rounders. It's like they hardly had to spend any time in the minor leagues, like grinding, mm-hmm. not making shit for money, and shit for food. And then you got these guys, dude, that, fucking just crying their ass off for 10 years and they finally make it and they finally get the recognition they deserve. And you're just like, man, fuck. Yeah. Like yes, that guy deserves yes. that shit, man. Like he earned it, you know? So that's really cool, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely all of us at dive bomb. We're definitely, um, in your corner, man, and rooting for you. So, um, quick question. Who is, who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I mean, I'm 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 I want to not give you my biased answer, but I mean, dude, there's man, there's some good ones, man. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to say that Patrick Mahomes isn't right. isn't the best. I mean, dude, right. I mean, What's just that? I mean, just won the Super Bowl. I mean, he's he's pretty good, man. He's pretty good. So. Who's the uh, who's the best of all time? Man, 
I, I, I feel like you want me to say Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and don't get me wrong, dude. It's he, he probably is. He probably is the best of all time. I mean, dude, how, how can how can you say that he's not? Um, I, I tell you who my favorite quarterback is of all time, and, and that's uh, that's Brett Favre. So he's a fucking grinder, man. Yes, he's a grinder, dude. He's it's funny, Devlin. He, he sent me a message, and and we were talking. He sent me a message asked who my favorite NFL quarterback was. So I, you know, obviously I wanted to mess with him, so I told him. You know, I told him the co- the goat TV twelve, and I don't think Duck liked that too much. He said he was going to sell all his dive bombs. <laughs> oh, we're we're having a good time, man. Absolutely. Um, we got to get a little hunting talk in, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, so I understand you're in a camp uh, down, you know, around near Hurricane in White County, Arkansas. Is that right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. We don't want to give out too much information. <laughs> that, um, you know, when the water's up and the weather's right, the river bottoms can be absolutely legendary. I know that you're no stranger to hunting flooded timber, and I'm certain you've experienced, you know, hundreds of mallards fighting tree limbs to get into a tight timber hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, dude, that's that's just that's what I live for. I mean, you know, I, I went to Canada for the first time this year, and don't get me wrong, I, that that dry field hunting, it was fun. And you know, at the time, I was like, dude, like, is this better than timber? And then when I got back to Arkansas and saw like the first group of mallards that you know might have had like three in there drop through the leaves, I think I was like, nah, it's not, it's not. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, it. Um, I, I'm gonna echo what you just said. I, I'm a, I'm a blessed dude with the opportunity to spend over 100 days in the field traveling across the world. Like, yeah, you definitely. I've been lucky enough are. to experience definitely. some badass hunting in some unique places. I'm gonna tell you, as cool as shooting pink-footed geese in front of stone walls that are 3,500 years old, or honkers in front of the Southern Alps in the South Island of Zealand, or freaking 500 strong mallard spin on a pea field in Saskatchewan. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no place on planet earth that compares to shooting mallards in the trees, man. I mean, there are, there's still plenty of places for me to visit uh, that I haven't been. And while I, I cherish all of them, I love, we were talking about it before we got on here. I love them all, but there's just nothing that comes above flooded timber in my book, at least not yet. And I don't ever see that changing. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I agree. I mean, when when they just when they just do it right, I mean, dude, man, when the whole experience, man, like the, and, and I'm talking about when it goes good and you kill them, like the whole experience of being at, sorry about that, dog barking, the whole experience of being at an insanely crowded boat ramp, everybody knows the ducks are there. You've got a, you know, the whole boat ride, you're freaking racing in getting a whole lockdown and then it all coming together and just banging on them, just putting on a show while somebody else is just, just, you know, listening, just listening and, yeah. you know, making your way back to the ramp, you know, you shot out and you're on public ground, the most highly pressured hunting ground in the world. I mean, there's, I'm telling you, I've, there's nowhere that has pressure when that like these public WMAs in Arkansas, whenever they get them get right, 
I mean, it's just, there's not, there's no place that receives this kind of pressure. And man, whenever you find a way to fight through mm-hmm. all the shit that you got to go through, whether it be somebody coming in at 530 and setting up 75 yards from you or just whatever it may be, boat trouble, motor trouble, falling in, tripping over a widow maker that <laughs> catches you like, Dude, when it all comes together, and especially when you get on a good run, when it comes together for like, you know, you're on a nice little run, like a five, seven days, 10 days, just staying on the X day after day after day after day, following birds. Dude, it just can't beat it, man. Can't, <laughs> just can't beat can't. it, man. I, man it's it, so rewarding. I, I've been, I've been, I've been really fortunate, man. I, I've never, I can, I think maybe only once or twice have, have I had, you know, someone set up, you know, less than a hundred yards away? Like I've, I've been, I've been really fortunate not to have someone so close that it's just really messed us up. Just go, don't go down to Biomeda and you'll, you'll be. Uh, I do. I've, I've hunted there twice. You'll, what you're saying, you you could change that in one quick morning at Biomeda because good lord, it is. I swore to myself I'd never go back down there, but for some reason <laughs> I always end up finding myself. Oh, we're banging, we're killing shit out of man. Come on, somehow yeah, come on, I always come end on, up. Come on, come on. All right, you know whatever, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't get to chase them on public ground quite like I used to. But I tell you what, when I get the chance to, it's it, there's nothing like it. You know, my, me and Cade went one day this year, and just seeing a group break through the trees, I, it just reminded me how much i love it um yeah i love all of it but golly when they come through the trees um i know your you know your schedule isn't the most favorable obviously for planning in advance but man like we were talking about before i'd love to get you out on a trip this season if we can find a break somewhere and um, yeah dude we'll, we'll we'll make it happen we'll we'll get a trip you know out west somewhere or and then We'll definitely, you know, me, you, Cade, and and maybe Forrest can definitely. can bring the DB one down, and you know, we'll we'll get after him a couple of days in in the timber. So for sure, we'll uh we'll, we'll get some we'll get some good stuff lined up. Awesome. All right, we're gonna do a quick rapid fire. I let some of the people on our Dowball Ministries forum and fan page um, they right. had any questions for you. So we'll do a, a quick little a little question on here. So. Um, we had a guy, Tucker Adams, he said, how do you balance hunting and professional football? <laughs> Man, I guess, I guess there really, there really isn't no balance. It's, it's football first. And when it, whenever I get a chance to not do football, it's, it's go hunting. So there you go. it's, it's kind of hard to balance it. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, football is where that money comes from so that's got to yeah. be that's got to be number one and then if it works out and you play football and you have a nice career in the nfl then you got plenty of money to do all this fun hunting stuff so exactly definitely football number one jeff stanfield wants to know if you're going to be on the big honker podcast again man just i don't know just give me a shout maybe it <laughs> happen those guys are crazy man i comment on one of jeff's videos he's out there chasing damn tornadoes all over the place all the time <laughs> going live he's uh there's some fun guys those guys down at stanfield we always enjoy our time down there with them andy and zach and jeff they're good people ron uh jeff's dad i think he was like my biggest baseball fan ever i mean literally <laughs> every outing he would text me and if i did good it was like hey nice job tonight and, you know if, 
if I got my shit lit up, he'd be like, man, what the hell happened? You know, I get your shit pushed in. And I'm like, thanks, Ron. You know, appreciate it. That's no, awesome. But uh, Ron is the man. He's, that's Jeff's dad. And he got, he, he's just been such a big supporter. I love him to death. He, I think I talked to him on Facebook Messenger about every single day. But those Stanfield guys are, they're good dudes. Um, got Trayson, sorry if I butcher your last name, Miracle. Uh, he said, if you could hunt with anyone in the league, hunter or non-hunter, who would it be? Ooh, man, that's that's a good that's a good question. Uh, man, dude, I mean, anyone anyone in the league, dude. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna have to go with. I mean, there isn't really any other duck hunters, so I guess it'd be cool to go with someone that, like, I guess isn't a duck hunter. Right. I mean, dude. I mean, I guess, I mean, Tom Brady, I guess, I mean, that'd be, be pretty, pretty cool. I bet, he's be, I bet he would be so freaking soft in the woods, dude. Like, if you're like, hey, Tom, ring this, ring this bird's neck. Like, Ew. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peyton Manning would be another good one. Yeah, dude. yeah, definitely. He, 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 he texted me last year. He, he went down to some club in Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, what's it called? I saw um, a picture. I had a buddy that sent me a picture. Damn what's it called i don't know it's one of the big clubs in stuttgart and they they smashed them pretty good we need, he to, get, me a couple of pictures. We need to get peyton manning, manning out you get devlin hodges and peyton manning out with this man that'd be awesome that'd make for a cool ass video have devlin and peyton down there on the end of the blind just fucking mowing dude that'd, that'd, that'd be, be pretty sweet. epic um all right bryce seafelt uh most memorable hunt of the past year past year um man i there there's this one hunt i think i think we killed i think we killed like 10 limits nine or 10 limits it was nine or 10 guys and man the reason it was most memorable for me is because man i i had just met most of these guys this year i'd hunted with like two or three of them a couple of times and man they're they're all you know they're all 20 from the ages 21 to like 24 and man it was just cool it was cool to like meet some other guys right. and the best thing about it man it, it was just cool like we, we killed them right and we did it right and like, everyone was a good hunter the like the, the buddy i bought I, I brought with me he, he killed a he killed his first band and it was just cool man because you you hear all these people nowadays talking about Oh yeah, the the younger generation, the younger guys, you know that they're, they're going to ruin duck hunting, and it's like, man, like, like I, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Like, I know I some boys some, down there that are freaking killers. They could out hunt some of these other guys that's been man, doing it for fifty years. That's like, what I'm saying. I, I, I know some younger guys my Shoot. age, younger that that do it right and go getters, man. And man, th- there's there's guys out there that you know they they don't do it right, but. They they also they don't know any better, man. Right. Like they ain't got they ain't got anyone helping them, and man, that's why I, I always try to, you know, if someone isn't you know necessarily doing it right, like you know, I I try not to jump you know jump their ass, and I try to like tell them, hey, man, like look, that's you kind of do it this way, for sure. This is the right way to. Yeah, do we it. just take that for granted sometimes. A lot of people, man, they never had anybody show them. Uh, no. So I think that's sometimes the best thing we can do is rather than bitch them out and get on to them to be like, Hey man, let me, let me help you out a little bit. And then that way they can, uh, you know, use that knowledge moving forward to maybe be a little bit more successful or maybe keep themselves from having a negative effect on somebody else. So, uh, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, Shelby Kirby wants to know, does he ever eat lunch with Heinz Ward? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. no. Um, Raj up in Ontario, he uh, he's the chef up for Apex Waterfowling. He said, you need to come up here and hunt with us, and I'll feed you good for three days. Lifelong Steelers fan. I'll tell you what, that dude can freaking cook. I mean, if he, if, he, if he wants to whip up some ribeyes and stuff, Goodness I'm, I'm all about it. Man. He, uh, man, we'd come back to the lodge, and he'd have us taken care of. Uh, Ryan Reynolds where, and those guys up there. They are... Uh, where, yeah, where is that at? Which so they're, in, uh, they're outside of Ottawa, Apex Waterfowling, uh, uh, and man, yeah. the giant Canada geese hunting out there is absolutely spectacular, man. Last year, we've got... We've got some YouTube stuff from from hunting out there, and I'll tell you what, we were shooting them right, like in the face, on the ground, big bunches. And they also have an operation in Saskatchewan too. Um, so we've uh, we've got those guys on the schedule. Good, good guys. Um, already answered that question in the podcast, and then uh, got Jake Adams. Um, there's obviously some sort of backstory on this, but he said, "Ask him to sign a hat for Josh Stoner's mom. That way, Jeff can." pick on him for it so i'm not sure about that but yeah <laughs> who knows man maybe i'd assume he's talking about jeff stanfield but um anyway so i don't know we've been rolling for 41 minutes now um is there anything else you want to add man man dude i i don't know dude i mean shout out to dive bomb uh Tell you, I'm. I don't know if you want to talk about them. I mean, I don't really mean to bring them up, but I just want to say they got me pretty stoked about these floaters coming no, out man, this year. Definitely, definitely oh. mention them, man. We're we're so excited, man. It was kind of like we were me and Devil were talking for a little while before we started this thing, and you know we're water hunters. We grew up we grew up hunting ducks over water, and uh, man. I'm so excited about the floaters, man. Cody yes. absolutely knocked it out of the park on this project. And this was something that did not happen quick. Um, this has been several years in the making and man, this is like semi wheelhouse, man. And I am absolutely stoked. Um, I know all our Mississippi flyway, our, our, our water guys are everybody's Jack, but I know our, our big time predominant water duck hunters are, or stoked mm-hmm. man so we can't wait man we should have these things ready to go about mid-july <laughs> dude i mean you gotta get them in gotta gotta get them in time for duck season gotta get them in get them get them uh rigged up we're gonna have rigs for them um we're gonna have slotted bags for them and Everything. we're gonna have a great price on them so um a lot of you guys have seen the um kind of some of the teaser photos teaser videos and stuff you guys know mm-hmm. they're their quality the paint adhesion they're sweet top of the they, line. They, they were they were badass dude that upright um that upright drake is like dude it's just such a badass decoy and then the skimmer they're just awesome man they just they complement each other so well i mean I cannot wait and, for t- these combo t- spreads, waterland. Yeah, t- t- spreads. tell me this: how? Because uh, I think I think Cade was telling me, man, that they uh, they're going to move pretty good in the water as far as little motion. Yeah, right? dude. So we've got the weight, the balance of the weight. We did a lot of work on that, getting that balance right between when you throw your decoys out and not having to waste time to go back out to flip your decoy over that you just threw yeah. out to get them to be self-riding, but also 
to get them to move realistically in like the slightest breeze. So, man, if you get a little bit of a breeze or a little bit of a current, these things are going to move for you. Um, awesome. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, what did, uh, what did y'all do with these floaters to um, make them different? Well, I'm trying Gee, to, that's, I'm that's, trying to that's, explain that's, to people. That's, that's y'all secret, man. And, you can't give it away. But, but honestly, it's really, it's really not a secret. The thing is like, yeah. I'm trying to explain to people like with all of our decoys, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel, man. Like yeah, we yeah. are trying to take a product that's proven that works season waterfowlers and offer it at an awesome price and just make it better than what it already is. But to try to do these, dude, people have tried to do the whole overall thing and reinvent the wheel. And it's like, dude, ultimately it's all going to go back to, to what works best. And that's what we're doing, dude. We're not trying to, we're not trying to get all, all fancy and creative. We've definitely have some things we've done to make them better than what's already out there. But yeah, to try to completely overhaul the system and try to be some huge innovator or something, same way with silhouettes. Like we're never going to claim to be the the creators of the silhouette. We, we've never done that and we never will do that. They've been around for a hundred years. But what we've done is we've taken them, we've made them better, and most importantly, we've offered them at the best price on the market. And that's yeah. the exact yeah. same thing that's going to happen with these floaters is this is going to be a top-of-the-line floating mallard decoy at an absolutely unbeatable price. You yeah. guys are going to get these decoys and say, you're going to look at the price and you're going to say, man, it's too good to be true. There's no way they can be at that quality at that price. Well, I'm here to tell you they are and they will be. Um, we're direct-to-consumer. We don't sell through retailers Retailers get the product, they mark them up, they gouge the consumers. We're not doing that. We don't. We're direct to consumer. We're able to keep our prices down and offer a great product at a great price. So we're not selling out. We're not changing anytime. We're sticking to who we are and what we're good at. And that's great products, great prices, direct to consumer. And uh, dude, I, I, uh, I, I want to mention one more thing, man, because I, I, I know I've texted you about it. But man, y'all have got the coolest logo ever, <laughs> man, dude. You wouldn't believe, uh, and I'm, I'm serious. You wouldn't believe how many people like if I wear my little dive bomb shirt out. Like you would. First of all, sometimes they think it's like my logo, like you know Duck Hodges logo or something. But dude, <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people that I know don't have a clue about hunting because I grew up around them. Like, dude, like what is that? Like, dude, that that's a, that's sweet. That's a sick logo. I mean, so many people, man. So, I mean, it's 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 the cool, man. It's the cool, hot thing. I tell you what, it, it's simple and it's so relatable. You know, oh, like it's dude. so relatable. Yeah. Like everybody, every waterfowler at some point has been like, "Damn, look at those birds dive bombing! Look at them bombing over there! Look yeah. at them bombing that oh, field! Look yeah. at them bombing that hole!" You know. So I tell you what, Cody, he made it really, really easy on me um, to to sell these things and to sell this logo um, because it's cool. It's a freaking cool logo. It's relatable. You can put it on anything and it's a great logo. It's so simple, but it's so, it's, it's so point. sweet. <laughs> yeah, simple and badass. Well, man, um, I thank you a ton for taking your time out of your schedule to join me, man. I, I 
really, really, especially now that I've gotten to know you, I really look forward to watching you strap the pads on this fall and go to work. I, you know, I was never, Absolutely. Yeah. never a Steelers fan. I, I what didn't dislike them. I just, you know, they're a long ways from Arkansas, but I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, definitely yeah. am now, man. I, I, I wish you all the best moving forward. Great story with, with a ton of success and great health, man. Well, man, I, I appreciate it, man. I, I really do, man. I appreciate you having me on. You know, I've, I've always been good friends with Forrest and, you know, talked to Kate some this year and, and getting to know you, man. It's, it's, uh, I, I really, really do like what y'all are doing, man. It's, and, you know, I wish y'all, wish y'all the luck in the future, man. And you can, you can definitely count on me killing some mallards over some floaters this awesome, year. And, man. And may, maybe 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 some silhouettes if I get out in the field. There we or go. Something. Like that. So. No doubt, man. Well, I'm, you know, I'm excited excited to get to know you and to meet you in person, and and we'll go kill some birds together real quick. Where um, where can everybody find you on um, on your social media? Yeah, so you can uh, you can hit me up on Instagram. You know, at Devlin Hodges, D E V L I N Hodges, H O D G E S. And then you can also hit me up on Twitter. I don't let me what's my Twitter name? I forgot. It's uh my Twitter is at Devlin Hodges ten. So hit me up there. Um you don't don't send me a friend request on Facebook. I, I got too many. I'm not gonna accept it. Um, you you can you can message me on Facebook, but don't don't friend request me because I got way too many, man. I, yes. I I need to make a page or something, dude. This is getting crazy. All those but, dealers, uh, crazies, man. Dude, they were wild. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, uh man, I I still try to you know being an NFL player, I still try to post a lot about hunting and uh whatnot so hit hit me up there we're stoked to have a relationship with you man um wish you the best of luck as as we already said stay healthy man take care and we'll talk to you soon brother absolutely appreciate it be easy all right well um there it is if you aren't a football fan which i can't imagine there are many of you who are not but you have no excuse now because we got a diehard duck hunter to root for. So, as always, thank you guys a ton for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe, share with your friends, help us continue to grow. Uh, we just released Field Facts with Forrest, episode two yesterday, which completely breaks down hunting greater and lesser Canada geese. So, I'm going to go on record right now and say it's the single most informative breakdown that's ever been put out there on hunting graders and lessers uh our dude forest absolutely knocked it out of the park so do yourself a favor get over to our youtube page and check that one out um make sure you're following all of our social media channels we have a tiktok now so make sure you go check that out yeah we jumped on there so as always we appreciate your support of dive bomb industries take care of yourselves and your families y'all be good thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast.